0: All we can be sure of is this. Zach Barry and Grayson Weir are hashtag not, not committed. i ah, love a good train wreck.
1: Hey, what up? This is Not Committed. I'm your host, Zach Barry. Joining me as always, Grayson Weir. We are here on this Thursday morning edition. Grayson, Hello.
2: Hey Zach how are we doing this morning bright and early
1: doing great sitting outside enjoying this uh 73 got a nice breeze going it's uh it's a it's a good day to uh record a podcast in the great outdoors so um so yeah how about you what's your, what's your location
2: uh, I'm, just, I'm just in just in the 11 room getting ready. Uh, CMA Fest this weekend, so we got a big, big oh boy, big couple days ahead of country music and sunshine and probably a few cold snacks.
1: Yes, don't forget SPF is 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 imperative. <laughs> I, learned,
2: I learned my lesson at that elite eleven. We even like got the sunscreen out, but I forgot to put it on, and my face was <laughs> roasted.
1: Yeah, you uh, you, you got to be careful out there. Um, but, yeah, so Ole Miss uh, continuing to have camps. They're also traveling a good bit, going to other camps. Uh, FIU had an elite camp earlier in the week, and then some Ole Miss coaches were at the Kennesaw State elite camp. Um, sort, of, sort of a new development on the uh, camp scene the past couple years where colleges will host these mega camps just for the – you know, regional draw of bringing in a ton of high school prospects and coaches will go and, and basically scout to where if they're not having a camp at that time, they can go somewhere else and see a bunch of players from different states. Um, so, obviously, FIU down in Florida had a ton of talent down there, and then at Kennesaw State in Georgia had a ton of players in. Um, so, there was a camp earlier this week. Uh, the kids' camp was at all Miss, and, look, I, I – I don't even know if I could we're not on video here you can't see us I don't I don't even think I could keep a straight face talking about this longer than maybe 20 seconds um but the I don't even I don't even want to call him a social media sensation uh at this point it's just really weird um the self-proclaimed baby gronk was in Oxford uh I saw that he posted a video of him running routes and then uh 2022 Ole Miss signee Tyler Banks took a picture with him. Um, We were talking about it before we started. Whoever his parents are should be ashamed. It is – it has become quite ridiculous what his social media game is.
2: Yeah, for those of y'all who don't know, um, I almost almost don't want to plug him because I – or I guess I don't want to plug his parents really because I don't want him to get the clout. But yeah, we'll put
1: a a hard we'll put a hard two minute cap on this.
2: You got to go check it out at Madden, Madden, San Miguel. Um, He's self-proclaimed baby Gronk, football celebrity, quote unquote, run by parent. 80s, super weird. This dude posts he's in, you said third grade, right?
1: Uh, Just from social media, people said he's in he's class of 2031. If you want to do the math.
2: Yeah, whatever that is, third, fourth second whatever it is i think it's third grade i think you're right um this kid just like basically posts as if he's a five-star prospect you know in the class of 2023 he's got top eights he's got his top fives like he's got his offers there's no chance i mean i don't think there's any chance he says he has offers from oklahoma state oklahoma nebraska I guess his parents, let me me say that again. His parents say that he has offers from Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, Nebraska, LSU, Florida State, Alabama, Texas, and Jackson State. No chance, like literally no chance. This kid is a third grader and sure he's like a little bit bigger than his class now. I think the funniest possible outcome for this is if he just like his growth just totally stalls, he never gets any bigger, and then just like disappears. I mean, obviously I – I'm hoping the kid has a successful career and whatever. I'm not rooting against a third grader. But, like, it's weird. I mean, he Baby Gronk freezes his commitment. He will make a final decision after his visits and camps. He released, like, a camp schedule. He's stopping at Alabama camp, Ole Miss camp, LSU camp, Oklahoma State camp in Texas. Bro, you are in third grade. Like, these parents are This kid's gonna have severe issues because of his parents, like the the way that they treat him and make him feel like he's this. It's God. We'll we'll cap it here, but y'all go check it out. Yeah, I and San Miguel on Instagram. Don't follow it because that that (laughs) that plays right into their hand. But you got to check it out. It is weird.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say, I believe. Um, let's see I'm trying to find a, like a class calendar because I want to say that my son so my son's two and I believe we were joking about oh he'll be the class of 2037 <laughs> so 2037 if he's 2031 that would make him six years old seven years old
2: something, something I don't like of that
1: it's really stupid
2: uh, I know is that you need to fire up the instagram for for riley
1: yeah god, god no um <laughs> yeah at this point we could do like a paw patrol like fan account um <laughs> yeah as we close the book on uh, on kids stuff i i am actually fired up we are going to take him to see Lightyear next weekend he's oh, a big awesome. he's a big buzz guy and uh, we think this will be a good first first movie theater experience for him oh, plus yeah. I mean the movie looks great with uh, yeah, it does. Chris Evans playing uh, Buzz Lightyear and you got um, man I can never remember how to say his name uh Taki what? Taka Watiti.
2: Yeah. I don't know. I'm so happy. Yeah, to see it. It,
1: brilliant director, um, actor. What we do in the shadows, I, If if you, if you're not familiar with that, it's incredible. Um he obviously directed JoJo Rabbit, Thor Ragnarok, and then Thor Love and Thunder that comes out later this year. Um hilarious guy. Anyway, he's in it. Um James Brolin plays Zerg. Um, yeah, so yeah. welcome to, to Buzz Lightyear uh, Light, podcast here. Isaiah Whitlock is in it. Of, uh, Pretty star-studded for a... Isaiah Whitlock remember. of uh, The Wire fame and Cedar Rapids, which is a fantastic film. If you've never seen it, I highly recommend it. Um, all right, but anyway, let's close the book on that um, before I lose my mind. Um, the,
2: bottom, the bottom line here is for everyone listening with children, <laughs> do not make an Instagram don't, for your third grade don't, football player.
1: Don't exploit your child for <laughs> social media clout. That is beyond Dude. weird. Um, all right, let's get into some actual recruiting. Um, posted on the board yesterday in the Daily Thread at omspirit.com, part of On3Sports. Uh, Ole Miss is trending in the right direction for several prospects. I'll get into that a little later. I'm going to put up a story. Uh, We hadn't done a trending or ending in a while. So I'm going to do one of those. I'm going to do a jumbo trending or ending on uh, several prospects in the 23 class. But um, Chad Simmons, director of recruiting at On3, um, he and myself have both exchanged messages, talked with Bryson Sanders. Um, His official visit, Tour, as of now, is, I would probably put it at 99.9% complete. I think he is officially done. Uh, We told you on Tuesday he ruled out LSU. He is not considering them anymore. It is down to Tennessee, Oklahoma, and Ole Miss. Um, He just wrapped up his official at Oklahoma last weekend, um, posted it on the thread. If you missed it, um, he tells me that he is – Probably moving up his commitment date. It was supposed to be in a couple weeks. He said he will probably move it up. And he told me, quote, he will probably know by the weekend. Myself and Chad Simmons have both put in our commitment predictions for Ole Miss via the recruiting prediction machine at on three. Um, so right now it is heavily in favor of the rebels. As I pull this up here, um, it is sitting at 86% in favor of Ole Miss. Um, and then, also, I will uh, throw this out there as well. Um, Bryson Sanders will be playing some center um so he has now officially played all five positions on the line, so we were all over that on a Tuesday show we were talking about um his versatility um so he will put that on display this fall at Baylor School in Chattanooga but um grayson we 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 kind of we kind of lobbed up a uh an alley-oop here for the Thursday show. And we talked about it on Tuesday, but yeah, I think all signs are pointing towards Ole Miss and um, I would be, uh, I would not be shocked if he makes a decision as early as next week.
2: Yeah. I mean, Bryson hasn't indicated to either of us specifically which way he is leaning. Um, But the fact that he's reaching out to us and uh, he might be listening to this right now, Bryson, if you're listening Welcome, dude. Like, glad to have you. Uh, Would love to to see you in Oxford. But, yeah, like we said, I mean, we've said it before, we said it again. He will now have played all five positions. That means when you get him to Oxford or Knoxville or Baton Rouge or Norman, um, but assuming that he ends up in Oxford, you've got someone who you can really rely on as – I mean, we've said before, there's so much turnover on this line so that he could step into a starting role right away. What's great about that is you can play him at guard as a freshman. You can play him at center as a freshman. You can play him at tackle as a freshman. Then as a sophomore, or if he gets bigger, you know, gets closer to um, – oh, it looks like they updated his his weight. He's up to 290 now. But um, if you get him closer to 300, 310, you can move him to tackle as a sophomore, junior, senior – you know, you can move him around and, and just know that wherever he is, you have a really viable pass protector and run blocker um, can really do it all in all different positions. And having that flexibility with him is going to be a luxury that whatever team lands him, um, you and I both believe that likely will Miss um, it'd be a really nice luxury to have to where you, you've got someone you're confident in and you can look at your offensive line from that 30,000 foot view and kind of fill in the pieces around Bryson Sanders. And then wherever that kind of gap is, you can plug Bryson Sanders in there and know that he's going to be just a, a mean mugger, mean mauler in the middle or on the ends. So uh, I, it, it couldn't be a, a better situation for Ole Miss. if Ole Miss is to land him. Um, when you look at the future of the offensive line and, and what holes might be necessary, Bryson Sanders could fill them all. So it's it's a really, really good get if it ends up coming to fruition.
1: Yeah, you can read. Uh I mentioned Chad Simmons has been all over this one. Um he spoke with with Bryson Sanders yesterday. Um, a couple quotes here from uh the offensive lineman from Tennessee said, quote, I still think the race is pretty tight, but I'm uh, definitely getting more clarity and starting to separate the schools. I definitely have gone back and forth with the decision. It's one of the biggest decisions I'll ever make in life, so it's definitely pretty tough. Um, he went on to say, uh, talking about Oklahoma, he mentioned the amount of players, especially offensive linemen they put in the league. Um, I, I did see when he was on the official Creed Humphrey, the former Oklahoma uh, center was in town. He took a picture with uh, with Creed Humphrey, who is now um, already one of the better offensive linemen in the NFL, playing for the Chiefs, um, anchoring that offensive line and that offense. That's that's pretty impressive for a guy that's that young to so go ahead and step in and and be that effective. Um, talking about Ole Miss, um, he said, "With Ole Miss, I like their coaches, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, they're all young. Coach Thornton and I have a great relationship, and he's only 29 years old." He and the Ole Miss staff have made me a priority from day one. They were first to offer me, and our relationship is strong. So you see a, a lot of similarities, a lot of parallels with him and Wilkin Formby, um, arguably two of their top targets overall in this 23 class. Um, both are saying the same thing, and you got to tip your cap to Jake Thornton. Um, again, a guy that's young. He's hungry. He hit the ground running as soon as he got the job from Lane Giffen and um, he found two guys, and, and, and look, they, they haven't. They haven't decided where they're going. I think both are trending in in Ole Miss's direction. If Ole Miss were to land both of these four-star offensive linemen, both are battleground states. I mean, you're looking at Wilkin Formby, who's from Tuscaloosa, holds an Alabama offer. If they are to get him out of Tuscaloosa, out of the state of Alabama, and, look, say what you want, you know, well, maybe Nick Saban and them aren't pushing too hard for his commitment they're probably looking at some other guys that are ranked above him, whatever. It doesn't matter. It's still a big deal because not only Alabama, but Auburn, Georgia recruits that state well. Um, so it's a it's a pretty big coup if they're able to land these two guys. I mean, Bryson Sanders from Tennessee, a state that obviously the balls recruit well. Clemson recruits the state of Tennessee, especially that East Tennessee area really well. Um, and several other SEC programs go into to Tennessee quite a bit and uh pull talented players so um i mean it's regardless if they are able to land both of them i do think i mean i put predictions in for both of them to pickle miss but just the impact that jake thornton has had since getting the job and and being that that young energetic hungry both have have said it multiple times they've given him props on how knowledgeable he is of the game and of the position. Um, I think that that's a, uh, that's a huge deal.
2: For sure. And you can, you could see that in the recruiting, you know, so far he's only been here for what, less than six months. Um, and uh, you mentioned, you know, two guys from Tennessee and Alabama. It is interesting um, Thornton 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 uh, though, you know, fairly new to the coaching Seen took over at Western Carolina in 2016 as a quality control guy. That was his first kind of start after playing there and just being first team All SoCon and second team All. Just a total monster on the line. So he obviously knows what he's doing when it comes to the position. Young, energetic, all that stuff. But then he spent a year as a grad assistant at Alabama, and then two years uh, coaching the run or coaching the offensive line and, and being the run game coordinator at Tennessee Tech and. I mean, obviously, you know, those are short stints. He spent two years at Tennessee Tech and one year at Alabama. But just having the time in those states and getting to understand the culture and the climate and, and kind of how Alabama football runs, how Tennessee high school football runs, that might have helped here where, you know, he's so familiar with those two states after spending a full year there. I mean, I know it's only a year, but when you're a young I mean, if, if you haven't seen Last Chance You, um, you find out in Last Chance You when you're a young coach, you're literally spending every waking hour of every day for 365 days doing something involved with the program, whether that be recruiting, whether that be coaching, whether that be game film, whether that, you know, all those different things. So, so having a year in Alabama and having a year in Tennessee at Tennessee tech and kind of seeing Mm -hmm. what it's like to land guys from those two States uh, was likely a valuable asset for him or a valuable learning experience rather. And then now he can kind of take that to Formby and to Sanders and, and, you know, say, Hey, look, I've been in your state. I know what that state operates like come play in Ole Miss. We're doing it a little bit differently down here. We've got a bunch of young guys who are excited to have you. We got a bunch of young guys who are not far removed from the game. You know, obviously offensive line is offensive line is offensive line, but having a 60 year old coach offensive line, that guy hasn't played the position in 40 plus years. Jake Thornton is six years removed from, I don't know if I'm doing that math right. Um, Six, seven years removed from the, the position. So he, he knows the modern game. He knows how to play offensive line in the, in the current you know, climate and how all these different schemes are getting more complicated from a defense. And there's a lot new, a lot more new technique in terms of pass rushing, you know, obviously the, the kick step will always be the staple, but there's a lot of different ways to kind of work on blocking twists and work on blocking stunts and all these different things that weren't necessarily the case
0: 40 years ago. So you've got an old head
2: teaching you offensive line and they're teaching the old school way versus a guy like Thornton, who is, you know, he's six years removed. So he's been on the field more recently than pretty much every other division one offensive line coach in the country. And I think that goes a long way for, for these guys who see, okay, you know, I'm not getting this huge age gap. I'm not getting this huge gap where I don't understand what my 60 year old offensive line coach lived like 40 years ago you know Thornton was there in 2014 at West Carolina uh Western Carolina and knows the position the way it's being played today and I think that goes a really long way and I think um like you said you put in your predictions I I feel pretty confident that it's going to pay off with these two uh Sanders and Formby right out the gate which would both be huge huge gets
1: Yeah, and and look, I know that a lot of the cachet with Ole Miss right now is thanks to Lane Kiffin for good reason. But, I mean, talking about offensive line play, you look at what Jake Thornton's done after, you know, just one year on the job. Um, He was hired last May, so we're coming up. He's been there over a year now. But year one, coaching the offensive line, the Ole Miss offense averaged more yards per game than anyone in the SEC. That's including Alabama, yes. Uh, close to 500 yards per game um, through the air. They were third in the conference in passing yards per game. And then, again, third in the conference in rushing yards per game. So, um, again, hit the ground running as soon as he was hired, got that offensive line, um, you know, uh, uh, and it was a group that battled injuries throughout the season. They piecemealed it. I mean, there were games when, you know, I think it was the LSU game, if I remember correctly. Um, you, you had guys like Cedric Melton playing um, you know, some of their first snaps as a college player in that game and they ran all over LSU. Um, they were rotating a ton of guys against Tennessee. Um, you had, you know, guys from the transfer portal. Um his name is escaping me right now. The uh, the big guy from South Carolina, um, got in, and, and it just didn't really matter who it was that was making up the group of five that were on the field at one time. But they all got the job done. Obviously, looking at the stats, and I think that that goes a long way, and you know, giving him some credibility is like, yeah, he's young. He's he's not even thirty years old, but he's been successful. Hundred um, percent. So I think I think that's a huge a huge deal when recruiting these guys and, and showing them, you know, Bryson Sanders mentioned, you know, Oklahoma put guys in the league and, and that's obviously a pretty loud thing to be able to showcase, but also you can turn and point at, you know, what Jake Thornton's done in just one year at Ole Miss and how successful they were throwing the football, protecting the quarterback, and then running the football with Snoop Connor and Henry Parrish and Jerry Neely. And now they've got Zach Evans, Ulysses Billy the fourth and, um, Kentrell Bullock, uh, in that backfield. So it's, um, it's certainly something that I think uh, is not said enough with, with how good of a job he's done since he's arrived in Oxford. So we're going to take our first break. When we come back, we're going to shift gears a little bit. We'll talk a little bit about some, uh, some visitors that will be in town this weekend, and then we'll shift into some baseball recruiting talk as we get ready for the Super Regional Round and then uh, the upcoming MLB draft. So hang tight. We'll be right back. This podcast is brought to you by Lamar Yard, Oxford's indoor-outdoor restaurant, bar, and entertainment space on South Lamar. They now have an updated menu with non-barbecue options from Tex-Mex to Mississippi Delta Catfish to smash burgers. And you can contact Lamar Yard for your private events for the spring and summer. They have a dedicated event coordinator who will help you plan your event from start to finish, and they offer on-site catering weddings, to Greek parties, or corporate events, Lamar Yard is the perfect place to host your next party. Lamar Yard is Oxford's quintessential family and pet-friendly venue, and they look forward to hosting you soon. Check them out at lamaryard.com. And if you want a place for clever dishes and captivating cocktails, look no further than So Wild and South Lamar. Chef Erica and her committed team of food and beverage enthusiasts are bringing top-notch cuisine and libations to you six days a week. Whether it's happy hour three to six, fresh squeezed margaritas, ramen, two for one with Moscow mules, all of that and more, the best and brightest in house or via curbside pickup. Check them out, solahoxford.com or call them at 662 238 3500 and place your order today. Show also brought to you by Memphis restaurateur Kelly English and his restaurant group in Memphis, Tennessee. The renowned chef and his team are offering nationwide shipping and virtual cooking classes with Cooking with Kelly. of the wide plush always Fairways and large championship Bermuda greens. They've got two putting greens to hone in your game with the flat stick, a driving range, and a chipping green to tighten up that short game. Book a tee time online at olivebranchgolf.com or give them a call at
0: 662-893-4444. The signs of summer are here. Freshly mowed grass, days in the water at the ballpark
1: And we are back here on Not Committed, Zach Barry Grayson. We are with you. Hi, right, Grayson. We talked a good bit about Jaquay's Petaway on Tuesday's show. He will arrive in Oxford this weekend. Um, confidence is high with the staff. Um, they think that uh, they've got a legitimate shot to land the on three consensus four-star top 100 prospect. Another visitor that will be in town. Not in an, an official capacity yet. Um, he is uh, only scheduled one official visit. As of today, that is to Gainesville to go check out the Florida Gators. But Justin Jefferson, the linebacker, will be in town this weekend. Um, Originally from Memphis, played his high school ball at Bartlett High School, and then now is at Pearl River Community College. His recruitment has really started to take off this summer as he's starting to make the rounds and uh, get out and meet with coaches, work out, camps. Uh, So far, his offer sheet, incredibly loud. Florida, Ole Miss, Alabama, USC, Tennessee, Texas A&M, Florida State, and South Carolina. Visited Alabama last weekend. I spoke with on threes Joseph Hastings about that visit, and uh, pretty cut and dry. He told me, quote, Alabama loves him. Uh, He got the offer in May, and uh, he is now one of their top linebacker prospects in the 23 class. So, um, obviously, we know how well Nick Saban recruits – not only just in general, but recruiting defensive players. Um, I think it's a tall task to – Florida has the lead right now per his recruiting prediction machine. But uh, Alabama is going to be there and be there in full effect now that they have offered and he has met with Nick Saban. And uh, I believe he knows how big of a priority he is. But Maurice Crum, Chris Partridge, the rest of that defensive staff bringing him in this weekend, going to see – what he uh, thinks of Oxford and uh, see if they can get an official visit on the books.
2: I have to wonder, so Justin Jefferson, um, the linebacker, obviously his recruitment is probably one of the the hottest in the country right now. I mean, his name is just skyrocketing up. Uh, all kinds of recruiting boards all across the country, Florida, A&M, Alabama, Oregon state, Arkansas state, Ole Miss, Charlotte, Colorado, Florida state, South Carolina, Tennessee, Texas, USC, Virginia Tech. I mean, that's just the name, the P5 schools. That doesn't include, you know, you've got Southern Miss and some other G5 schools in the mix there. His name is just skyrocketing up draft boards, and it's not hard to see why. Uh, 6'1", 215, fits the position really, really well uh, during his one year on the JUCO level. I, I was interested... I don't really know what his deal was out of high school. I I wasn't able to really figure that out. I don't know if he just didn't have the grades academically or if he was just under-recruited. But he had 53 total tackles, 13 tackles for loss, and three sacks um, in the 2021 season. So last fall with Pearl River Community College. I think the big selling point here for Ole Miss is going to be the kids from Memphis. So just up the road. His family can be at every game. I know that they showed out to Pearl River and Pearl River is obviously further than Oxford. Um, So I think you got to put a significant emphasis on like, Hey, you know, if you come here, not only will you, I mean, when you look at the linebacker room next year, there's a good chance Justin Jefferson has significant snaps in year one. That's not necessarily the case at Alabama who just, rebuilds, reloads, and you really have to wait your turn. Mm-hmm. In Oxford, you can say, we'll get you in the game this fall. And then, you know, after that, he could really blossom into a significant starting role. Whereas at Alabama, that linebacker room's already pretty shored up for the fall. And then maybe even for 2023, they, they continue to rebuild and reload, obviously every year with every position, but they have, particularly done particularly well on defense the last couple of years. Um, So Justin Jefferson, you say, look, you come here, you play right away. You have a chance to, to really make a difference on a defense and stand out. You say, look at chance Campbell last year, obviously chance maybe should have stayed um, went a little later in the draft and maybe he would have liked. um, But either way, you can say, look at the name that chance Campbell made for himself here in Oxford, because if he had stayed at Maryland or gone elsewhere, he might not have blossomed into that kind of late round sleeper draft pick that people are excited about. You could say the same thing to Justin Jefferson. You come here, you can blossom into a guy, obviously has more than one year of eligibility, unlike chance, but you can blossom into a guy that really makes a name for himself and gets drafted on day two, early day three. Um, Obviously you tell him he he could be a first round draft pick, but perhaps that's unrealistic. Um, And then on top of that, you know, you will be playing and your family can drive 50 minutes down the road and come watch you every weekend. Um, I think that's probably the selling point there. I think if the staff, you know, can really make their, their point of, look, we want you here. Here's how you fit. And then on top of that, there's the family element. They have a chance. Um, but obviously,
1: yeah, it's very difficult
2: <laughs> to overcome in Alabama or even in Florida right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think um, maybe this is a little too simplistic of a, of a comparison here, but I don't know. Maybe maybe it's a little bit like a, a quantity over quality. Sure. Which, which I guess could be kind of a negative connotation in some viewpoints, but quantity over quality, you know, comparing the two, quantity versus quality, where at Ole Miss, the snaps are going to be plentiful. You're going to have your opportunities. Um, you mentioned Chance Campbell's gone. A guy that really made a name for himself in one year uh, at Ole Miss. Mark Robinson did the same thing. A guy mm-hmm. that was relatively unknown played running back at Semo, comes to Ole Miss and really puts him, you know, puts his name on the map there with how productive he was at the linebacker position. Um, but yeah, I mean, you you nailed it with how people treat Alabama, where it's like okay maybe I don't get to play a lot of defensive snaps year one. I'm probably going to do some special teams or maybe I'm going to have to, you know, wait my turn. And then you have that one, maybe two years of when you are a guy that's on the defense in Tuscaloosa, your, your name is out there in the bright lights. You're playing on one of the nation's top defenses. You know, that's the quantity versus quality aspect that you're looking at there where is it – are you going to – go for, hey, I want to go somewhere where I can play a lot and have a ton of opportunities, or are you going to bet on yourself and wait your turn? Um, yeah. And for a guy like him where his clock is a little more sped up, you know, already gone the Juco route, um, you know, it, it's going to be an interesting recruitment to follow because I've already mentioned the offer sheet and how loaded it is. I mean, he is already garnering a ton of attention from a lot of big programs. So um, Ole Miss will have their shot this weekend to make their pitch and to see uh, how he responds to it. But, um, but yeah, I mean, he was incredibly receptive to what Alabama had to offer. He said he had a great time on the visit. His mom loved it. Um, You know, checked all the boxes, all that good stuff. But um, yeah, he is certainly a guy that is going to have his pick of where he wants to go. And yeah, maybe that's the selling point is like, look, it's, it's right down the road from where he grew up your family can all come and watch you like sure they can still go to Tuscaloosa they can go to College Station they can go to these places it's just a little bit farther um so maybe a little bit a little bit easier commute for the family to come down every weekend for a home game but um yeah this is a guy that i think you got to keep an eye on this weekend while he's in town um but it also you know another thing to consider looking at the linebacker room at Ole Miss and how it's it's relatively young and unproven. So it's pretty wide open, you know, outside of a guy like Troy Brown, who is coming in as a transfer portal guy that's done a lot. Um, it's uh it's certainly something that is uh is one to keep an eye on this weekend as he comes into town and, and meets with the the defensive staff and they they give him, you know, hey, this is how we think you fit in our defense. You know, I talked to Whit Weeks, the 23 prospect out of Georgia. And he talked about how he spent a lot of time with Chris Partridge, Maurice Crum, and talking about where they like him, what position they like him in their defense. Um, so I think that that's going to be something that they will certainly do. Um, but, yeah, so keep an eye on Justin Jefferson as he is in town this weekend, um, and we'll see if they can get an official visit on the books for him. He uh, he didn't rule out officially visiting um, Alabama. He said that they will definitely be in the mix for, for an official visit. But for now, he's just got the one to Florida. So we're going to take our final break. When we come back, like I said, we will touch on some baseball recruiting as we uh, segue into super regional coverage as the Rebels take on Southern Miss on Saturday. So hang tight. We will close up the Thursday show with some baseball talk. podcast also comes to you thanks to Bluff City Advisory Group, Memphis' leading team of finance professionals. They can provide advanced assistance with financial planning, pension and qualified plan support, and business and estate planning strategies. Former Ole Miss Rebel and founding partner Ben Still, along with his elite-level customer service team, make it their goal to help you meet the ongoing demands of your financial needs. Learn more about them at BluffCityAdvisory.com. Podcast brought to you by the Berry Home Team you're ready to sell and make the most net profit from your home, call Stacy and Rick Barry today. They will lead you through the process from property assessment, repairs, staging, and putting that sold sign in your yard. Both have earned the multi-million dollar club member status and they would love to assist you today in your real estate ventures. Call them, 901-481-6420 or 901-461-6421. After you have talked to the Barry home team, You can talk to Saddle Creek Title, another proud sponsor of the show. They're the Mid-South's leader in client-focused innovative closing solutions. Neil Hanna and his team are more than just a real estate closing firm. They are dedicated to going the distance to ensure the ease and growth of your real estate business. Find more information at saddlecreektitle.com or call them 901-753-1600 show brought to you by davis mcford state farm if you're looking for good neighbor service and surprisingly great insurance rates look no further than davis and his team they're your one-stop shop in alabama arkansas tennessee and mississippi for the service you deserve at the price you want so stop looking around give davis a call he is ready to help 901-755-6110 and get your surprisingly great rates today like a good neighbor state farm is there And we are back here on not committed, closing up the Thursday show here. All right, Grayson, we were talking about it before we started, trying to uh, go down our uh, checklist of what we were going to discuss today on the show. MLB draft, a lot of mocks coming out, um, and I actually don't even know when the when the MLB draft is. Um,
2: they pushed it back this year, July seventeenth. Oh, that's right, believe. that's right, that's
1: right. Okay, um, which I do think was w- was good because it was always around 1, the thousand percent the right, and you gotta you gotta think that there were kids that were <laughs> their mind wasn't one hundred percent on the game or the the prep they were doing in Omaha because they were.
2: Yeah, probably, and I remember
1: probably talking with MLB teams or talking with execs or agents, and yeah, so um, I think it was the right move.
2: Well, one thousand percent the right move. I remember I can't remember what year it was, but whenever Ryan Rawlinson was drafted, he got drafted like in the middle of a game. So they like, oh beat, yeah, that's I was right, in Swayze, and they like put it, the game on pause for a minute to like celebrate the fact that Ryan Rawlinson just won the first round or whatever. Yeah. So that was weird and unnecessary. So the fact that they pushed it back is good, um, but it does, it does definitely. We have, a uh, gives us something to talk about here in the next couple of weeks as Ole Miss baseball starts to figure out what their class might look like for next year.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, we, the, the two big names um, and yes, the draft is Sunday, July 17th. It ends on that Tuesday um, the two names that everybody's concerned about: Jackson Ferris, the left-handed pitcher out of IMG Academy, and Roman Anthony, the outfielder from Stoneman Douglas, um, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas, excuse me, in Florida. Um, I, look, I we, we've we've said it already on the show, I believe last week or two weeks ago. I mean, I, I think Jackson Ferris is is gone. Um, we've seen him mocked by Callie McDaniel of ESPN, Jim Callis of MLB.com, seen him as high as nineteenth and then um, a couple other spots in the first round. But at the very least, um, or the lowest, I should say, he's probably going to go in that supplemental round. Definitely top 40. But the one that is quite peculiar to me, haven't seen Roman Anthony in a first round mock. Um, And, I mean, this is a guy that hit over five hundred as a senior, um, double-digit home runs. Led Stoneman Douglas to another state title in Florida. And I believe the highest classification. I can't remember if it's the highest or second highest. Um, Number one overall team in the country. Um, He is a guy, you know, I joked, I believe on Tuesday, that he's a Terminator, J.B. Woodman. Um, I mean, he's an absolute monster. Um, Really, really, really impressive from the left side at the plate, 6'3", 195. Um, they, don't, they don't really make high school outfielders like that every day. But, um, you know, I've seen some scouting reports that say the ball just sounds different off his barrel. Um, big power potential. He's a 6'5 runner, which if you're not familiar with the 60-yard dash, that's essentially equivalent to like a good 4'4", four, 4'5", four, four, in the 40. Um, One thing that that stuck out to me in the scouting report was that he always seems to hit better against the better pitching, Um, which is obviously something you like to hear. Um, I believe it was last summer, possibly. It was either last summer or maybe the summer before he hit a ball at Coors Field in a perfect game, All-Star game, that was one of the farthest balls I've ever seen hit on camera. Um, Now it's in Coors, so – A little bit thinner air, ball goes a little bit farther, but still with a wooden bat, I believe he hit one like 455, 460. Um, Just incredible raw power. Um, But, yeah, I mean, this is a guy that if you can get him to campus, with him not being in these mock drafts, I don't know if it's – he has a high number um, and – or he has told scouts and he's told people that have talked to him that he wants to play in college. I know that that's been the consistent – sentiment with with Roman Anthony now you could say well he's just saying all the right things Um, but people have said that he has consistently said in Florida that he wants to play in college Um, and we have seen a bit of a shift lately with guys going to college and playing at least a couple years Um, you know talking about the super regional round uh, Oklahoma moved on Florida did not but Judd Fabian was a guy that was projected first round, came back to playing college again and uh, did nothing but help his draft stock. Um, he was a guy that, that could have gone pro out of high school and opted for the college route to go play for a really good Florida Gators baseball program. And uh, he's going to be a, a rich man here pretty soon. So um, it's certainly interesting. And look, this is all, these are all mock drafts. Everything can change. I mean, we still got, you know, over a month left before the draft, but, It's certainly a good sign for Ole Miss fans that uh, Roman Anthony's name is not popping up early on in these mocks.
2: Yeah. I'm curious to see, I mean, he has his number obviously. And if you're going early to mid second round, you can probably still get pretty close to your number. Um, Obviously if you're in the first round, you're guaranteed your number pretty much, but it'll be curious to see what happens there. I think if you're, an Ole Miss fan, just go ahead and, and expect that Jackson Ferris is gone. Um, I, I don't think there's any chance that he comes unless he pulls a, a Gunnar Hoglund at the last minute and decides that he he just loves the idea of beer showers in right field. Um, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think Ferris is gone. You should go ahead and just kind of cross him off your your mental recruiting class checklist. Roman Anthony, though, I think it's like you said. I mean, if if you're not seeing his name, Pop up in the first rounds. There is a little bit of buzz that he could go kind of near the end of the first round. Um, the Giants, perhaps. I think I actually think Jackson Ferris makes a lot of sense for the Giants because they need a young ace with a lot of promise. Um, but the kind of those back end picks, the Astros uh, pick late in the first round. The Brewers could use an outfielder. The White Sox could use an outfielder. Uh, there's there's some opportunity for Roman Anthony to go, but with what's interesting is that with this kind of rise of college baseball over the last couple of years, and a lot of kids deciding that they are going to stay in college for longer, that they are going to go pursue the collegiate route instead of going straight out of high school um, a lot where the, the first round would used to be 80, 90% high schoolers. It's, it's closer to 50, 60% these days um, with a lot of, a lot of college kids getting in the mix and that doesn't serve a guy like Roman Anthony. Well, who is kind of this borderline first round pick could go in the first round could go second round, Um, you know, five, 10 years ago, he's probably a guaranteed first rounder, but nowadays there's a lot of stock being put into this college prospects uh, even more than in the past. So a guy like Roman Anthony might just kind of get, bumped out and might get bumped to the second round or third round, or if he has said to programs or franchises, rather, I do want to go play in college. I want to go play at Ole Miss and he'll dip, you know, way, way, way out because a team in the late round will take a flyer on him, but more than likely he ends up in Oxford. So we'll have to wait and see. Everything can change over the course of the next month or so. Um, obviously if there's a coaching change with Bianco that could cause some some things to change. Uh, there's, there's a lot of what-ifs, and J- Jackson Ferris, to me, is not one of them. I don't think there's a what-if there. I think he's gone, and I think Robin Anthony is a pretty good one-if to where, you know, if he does end up hearing his name called 18th overall or whatever, he's gone. But if he slips out of the first round, almost has a good shot of getting him on campus and, and letting him really develop into a first-rounder down the road. So I, we'll just wait and see, I guess.
1: Yeah, and, and look, I mean, losing Ferris is big, but I mean, look, he he's he's got some Chris Sale vibes to him. Um, yeah. Impressive, six four, six five, touching ninety seven, ninety eight from the left side. I, that's just day one stuff. But you look at the rest of this class. You know, if Roman Anthony were to show, you've got Roman Anthony, um, Jordan Vera, a uh, right-handed pitcher from Florida. 6'3", 205. JT Quinn from Florida as well, right-handed pitcher, 6'6", 205. Mason Morris, the kid right down the road from Tupelo, 6'5", 220 infielder. Um, listed as a shortstop, but he's probably going to end up at the, at the hot corner. Um, Wilburn Furness from Texas, 6'4", 212. Nathan Fink, 6'4", 205 from IMG. Grayson Sonier, 6'4", 195. right hand pitcher from Carrival. This is a big sounding class. Um, Bryce Dolby, 6'5", pitcher from Virginia. James Smith from Olive Branch, a 6'4", 185, uh, infielder. I mean, this is a really big high school class. And, you know, there's been a lot of talk about the the Tennessee baseball team. And, and look, all the jokes are out there about how they do steroids. And, um, you know, they just look different than other teams. Um, I mean, Tony Vitello recruits to a certain skill set, a certain um, – size-speed ratio. I mean, they've got some big dudes. I mean, obviously, you've got the uh, the little guy in center field whose name is escaping me right now, um, uh, Gilbert, um, who's not super big. But um, they've just got some big bodies. All their pitchers are all big, well-built guys. look like they can play linebacker. Um, and Mike Bianco and, and Carl Afferty. I don't know if they're following that same model that Tony Vitello has done of just – Hey, we're just going to get big, strong guys that throw hard and hit the ball really far. Um, and Ole Miss, I mean, this, this signing class, they've got a couple dudes that are 5'10", 5'11", but the rest of the class is 6'2", 6'3", or bigger. Um, so if they, can, if they can keep Roman Anthony out of that first, second round, um, I think that, that there's a legitimate shot that he can show to campus. And, I mean, you talk about Jackson Ferris being day one. I think Roman Anthony is a legitimate day one outfielder. It's been a while since Ole Miss has had a true outfielder. They've converted yeah. a lot of guys. Kevin Graham was an infielder. Um, TJ McCants obviously was a shortstop. Uh, Justin Bench kind of does it all. Wasn't really a true outfielder. He's been out there. Um, I, I think that this is – you know, I made the comparison to J.B. Woodman, but, I mean, I think that that's a legitimate comparison there and just a true – center fielder who can go and get it and then can also hit for power and for average. So, um, it's definitely something to keep an eye on in the next month or so just to see if, uh, his name stays out of those mock drafts and there's a le- real legitimate chance that they get an absolute game changer day one.
2: Definitely. And in the meantime, we can focus on the, the current and the present. We got a big announcement here this morning, I guess late last night. Um, Southern Miss is saving, so obviously, all miss traveling to Southern Miss this weekend. They'll be down in Hattiesburg. Tickets are like stupid expensive to get in the door. I want to say like 250 bucks for the cheapest ticket right now. Gonna be an absolute sellout, gonna be an absolute madhouse. Uh, Southern Miss announced last night they're saving their ace, Tanner Hall. They're saving him for Saturday. Um, all three guys are really good, they've got Tanner Hall. Hurston Waldrop, which is the most, like, Georgia-turned-Southern Miss pitcher name I've ever heard. And then Hunter Riggins closes it out on Sunday. Uh, Waldrop's got a two-nine-six ERA, 128 strikeouts, 29 walks, six home runs. So pretty legit, obviously. Ta- Trevor Hall is their – Tanner Hall, excuse me, is their kind of ace, and they're saving him for Saturday, which I think is interesting because it's not like they're punting because, obviously, Waldrop is very good. Um, but to me, if I'm you know if I'm a head coach, which obviously I'm not, I'd like a one zero series lead going into Saturday, and obviously my ace gives me the best chance to do that. So it'll be interesting to see what the game plan is there. Uh, Tanner Hall's got a two six ERA, hundred and forty strikeouts, thirteen walks, and seven home runs. Um, obviously dominant. So now you can scoff all you want. Yeah, they play in you know the Sun Belt. They play. Not Conference USA, excuse me. They play in Conference USA. They're not a real conference. Blah, 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 blah. They don't know what the SEC looks like. Sure, that's fine. You can laugh all you want, but a 296 ERA, a 26 ERA, and a 259 ERA, no matter what league you're pitching in, what conference you're pitching in, where you're pitching, really solid stuff. All three of these guys are very, very good pitchers. Um, will be interesting to see. I said it on Tuesday. Hopefully Ole Miss didn't exhaust their offense with that, you know, three touchdown game against Arizona yeah. last weekend. Um, but when you look at, you know, Ole Miss and Southern played twice, once in Pearl, once in Hattiesburg. I don't really count the game in Pearl because it's kind of a, you know, whatever, who cares? But um Ole Miss beat them 4-1 in Hattiesburg. They didn't see any of the three guys that are pitching this weekend. Same thing for when they lost. Uh 10 to seven in it's not the governor's cup. Maybe it is governor's cup, whatever the pro game is. Um, they didn't see any three of those starters then either. So Ole Miss has not three seen any of these guys. Obviously, they're watching a lot of film this week, trying to see what they can maybe get, maybe tip some pitches, etc. But Drew McDaniel shut down Southern Miss's offense back in like mid-May when the revs were starting to get a little hot. Um, that that game in Hattiesburg was the largest crowd in Pete Taylor Park history. It's going to be bigger than that this weekend. Six thousand three hundred and forty-six was the attendance there back in May. Going to be probably closer to seven, eight thousand this weekend when all's said and done. But Drew McDaniel pitched in that game, and almost Miss won, allowing just one run. So you f- like to figure that your three Saturday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday starters are going to pitch better than Drew McDaniel. Um, Hunter Elliott, obviously, doing what he's doing. Delusha doing what he's doing. You hope that he pitches better than than Drew McDaniel did in, in May, and Drew McDaniel shut down that lineup. So all of this goes to say that if you're me looking at the program from that 30,000-foot view like we always do and looking at this weekend from that same view, there is no reason that Ole Miss – Should not win this series. Um, Obviously, you you can afford to drop a game, but you got to turn around and win that Mm -hmm. that third game on Monday. Um, And if that doesn't happen, I I think there will be a glaringly obvious person to point to whose job may or may not be on the line if things don't work out that way this weekend. So buckle up. going to be a lot of fun. Hattie's going to be rocking.
1: Oh, yeah, it's going to be a I'm really
2: excited for it. I'm really, really excited for it.
1: Yeah, I mean, you can obviously take away some things from those early games in the season, but at this point, I was talking to somebody the other day about not only the super regional round, but especially Omaha. Once you get to this point in the season, everybody's good. Yep. Um, now that's not, you know, obviously don't don't be silly. Like, there's obviously going to be some advantages. There are going to be some matchups that fare better for for one program versus another. But um, but everybody's good. There's 16 teams left. Everybody can play. Um, and it's a three-game series. Just go out and win two. I mean, anybody can win. Anybody can lose. You know, talking about the matchup with Tennessee and Notre Dame, Link Jarrett's team, very good, um, very battle-tested. And, and there's – a lot has been made about they've been kind of screwed the last couple of years with the draws that they've got. You know, they had to go to Mississippi State to play in their Super Regional a year ago. Um, they didn't get to host last year. They didn't get to host this year. They went over to Statesboro, Georgia, and dominated that Georgia Southern Regional. So there's probably not only a chip on their shoulder because they've kind of gotten the the short end of the stick from the NCAA and the selection committee, but you know that they're going to be fired up to play the number one overall seed and and try to play spoiler to to Tennessee's you know magical run here. But but yeah, I mean I, I do think Ole Miss wins the super regional. I don't know if it's in two games or three. I mean you've got a one two punch of Dylan Deluca and, and uh. And Hunter Elliott is as good as anybody, pitching as good as anybody right now. And then the offense is obviously clicking. Um, so, a very different team that played against Southern Miss earlier in the season. So, this is going to be a fun one. Um, I- I'm excited as someone who has not had to cover college baseball on a day to day basis because Jake Thompson does such a great job and Big Garrett does as well um, covering for the Ole Miss spirit. I haven't had to really chip in for that yet. Um, but I'm excited to see this team on this stage and look I mean it's you know a lot's been made you know it's Omaha or bus for uh for Mike Bianco and look I mean he's two be. wins he's two wins away from getting there so um we'll see it's gonna be fun is it four Eastern or four central on Saturday?
2: Four Eastern three central on Saturday. Okay, okay so
1: and so fun... okay yeah it's gonna be fun that atmosphere should be awesome um and hey Scott Berry, Southern Miss and Mike Bianco both going for their uh, second trip to Omaha as uh, a <laughs> Southern Miss win in 2009, I believe. Um, yeah. so it'll be fun. Stay tuned in for uh coverage from uh, Jake and Ben and the rest of the crew at home spirit part of on three sports, make sure to like, subscribe, leave a review on the show. And, uh, That'll do it for this Thursday edition. We'll be back on Tuesday to recap the uh, the weekend that was in recruiting, and uh, see if we're uh, if we're talking Omaha or if uh, we're maybe uh, putting up a hot board. So Grayson, thanks to you, thanks to the sponsors that make this possible, and uh, as always, thanks to the listeners tuning in. So until next week, at the golf carts, uh, golf carts race behind me, we will talk to y'all then. We out.